Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week... It's our third and final adventure with Doc and Marty. It's Back to the Future, Part 3. It's the Barrow of Love. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. was strangely missing from uh, the second film. There's, yeah. no, there's no Huey Lewis at all. Yeah, no, they don't, they, I don't. I don't think it's in the third film either. I think it's but that's in... okay. We've got some other musical guests, which we'll get to. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Uh, joining me, as, uh, as always, when it comes to Back to the Future, uh, preparing to make her third and final trip through time in the DeLorean, it is Claire Mosel-Crossley. Hello! So, Claire, um, are, you ex- are you excited or are you a bit sad? Or how are you feeling heading into I this last one? No. Both like I'm excited because I want to see it, but then I can't like see any more because then they finish. What do you actually know about this third one? Because I know you've picked up a couple of bits from the last two podcasts. Um, so what what are you expecting from this film? It's got cowboys in it. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Okay, <laughs> beautiful. Yes, I'm hoping it has some reference to ninety nine. Uh, oh yes, the the, the spinning fire. Um, yes. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll wait and see if those um, flaming. It was the weird flaming cloud at the end of the second yeah. film when the DeLorean gets hit by lightning, and there's like a weird flaming reverse ninety nine. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember if that gets addressed at all. Well, I think it does. I have to sort of remember. This why... is Kate Willoughby, by the way, oh. everyone. Just <laughs> to really segue this introduction in. Hi, Kate. Hi. Um, but yes, you were saying about the ninety nine. I. Th- think i correct me if i'm wrong it might actually have to do with the year that he goes back well he goes back to 1885 so i thought it was 1889 no so i'm we'll find out we'll find out it might just be to be honest it might just be that robert zemeckis went that looks cool all right keeping it in (laughs) yeah (laughs) who knows um but yes welcome back kate uh how are you doing i'm good i'm good yes i'm excited to watch the movie yes so you have seen back to the future i have and um where do you stand on back to the future like is it one of your favorites or or could you take it or leave it where where are you at i think it's a good trilogy like i was sort of talking about before i think it's one of the few trilogies that sort of exist where all three are good like claire have you enjoyed the first two so yeah, far loved them. yeah so like even the third one they've done a really good job of managing especially because the the, the second and the third one were filmed together mm. so they've done a really they do a really good job of a good solid trilogy which a lot of movies don't do um they've managed to sort of um jump on they didn't realize they were going to get a sequel and they're one of the few movies that managed to own the fact that they clearly weren't ready for a sequel and make a really good trilogy in the end mm. of it um and i think it's a fun family adventure movie so mm. i would say like back to the future indiana jones um the three sort of things um would uh probably be like 
big family like good movies mm. that maybe might not have a necessarily big cult following but are very very popular um maybe even like the three original star wars oh they're, they're all spielberg related um <laughs> mm. yeah maybe it's just steven spielberg maybe it's just steven spielberg yeah. um. although i mean i mean he is producing on this it's it's well executive producing on this it's, well, yeah. it, it is interesting that his seeing the impact that he had on a lot of these films and like yeah. for example we're going to be looking at Star Wars Episode Five, the uh, the Empire Strikes Back, yeah. in a couple of weeks' time, and again, that's another one where Spielberg is sort of in the background, like not not directly involved with a lot of the creative mm-hmm. elements, but he's there on, I guess, more like an an overseeing yeah level, and it yeah, I think it, I think that's definitely a discussion to get into, uh, but probably not right now because yes. I want to watch Back to the Future Three, so yes. should we jump into it? Yes. I'm really excited. It's gonna be fun. Excellent. Okay, those of you at home, prepare to pop in your DVDs and uh, jump in the DeLorean one last time as we watch Back to the Future, Part 3. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Back to the Future Part 3. That's right, we've finished the trilogy. Woo! And I'm joined once again by Kate and Claire. Um, Claire, we probably should start with you Mm. because you've done it now. You've watched all three Back to the Future films, having never seen them before. Yeah. How do you feel? Ah, it was so good. I feel so great. Yeah. <laughs> My life is now complete. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm glad it was all, all this was that it took <laughs> yeah. to make it off. Um, and, and this third one in particular, um, mm. how, how, how was it for you? Uh, still not my favourite. The first is probably going to be my favourite. Okay. But I, I, I think it was better than the second. Mm. No, yeah. that's I, that's certainly fair. Um, yeah, I mean, you 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 made an mm of agreement, mm. Kate. Yeah, I'd have to say it's my like they're all good, but my, I'd have to say it's the first one, the third one, mm. and then the second one. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think I'm probably gonna end up leaning that way as well. Uh, mm. But I also I I also think that the second one is still better than most films. It's it's one of those yes. weird things where it's like it's not saying that the second one's a bad film. No, but no, no, no. it it I mean it very much. Watching these films back to back to back um, has sort of made me really appreciate the fact that this is really, it really is just one long story. Yeah. Um, And it's very, very well put together in that sense, um, the way they've constructed everything. Mm. Um, But Kate, uh, watching this one as a a standalone film, uh, because you haven't been with us on our, our previous adventures. Yes. Um, how how was it jumping back in just into this film? Well, the the for the first minute, I was like, oh, hang on, I can't remember how Marty, um, how Doc got back into the past. Like I had forgotten for like the first. I was going, oh crap, hang on, how do I remember this? They do like a brief sort of mm. trying to explain it, but mm. it is one of those things where it's a movie where you need to watch all th- all th- three. Like yeah. you can't. Mm. You can't jump what, in. You can't jump into the third one because yeah. their relationship is established. A lot of like the characters, there's so many references where you realize everyone's playing each other's ancestors and you see the, the, um, like the companies that exist mm. in that time, the little joke of the guy that's always running for mayor um, and the car dealerships and like the, um, all the same. So yeah. you sort of yeah. have to watch the third one knowing the other two. But once I remembered, I was like, oh, hang on. All right, I've remembered, and then it was 
it was yeah. smooth sailing yeah no i think i think that's perfectly fair and um i think it's also nice i, I just realized as um you were saying that that this is the first one where doc and marty are both on the same page mm, uh, yeah. in terms of their timelines because obviously in the first one that uh, marty spends a lot of time with 1955 doc who's never met marty yeah um and then the second one they're still apart really um and then this third one is really the one where they get to spend a lot more time together but they're Mm. they know their experiences from one and two Um, yeah yeah and like and he knows his experiences from marty because he hung out with him in the 50s and their relationship from pre so it's like this really like yeah like the it's really good seeing them the two of them together they've Mm. they've got i think that also works as their chemistry yeah. in the film is fantastic. They've got a really good sort of yeah, uh, balance between each other. Yeah, you know? and I think it's something that has come across all three films, Claire, mm. is that, is that uh, Christopher Lloyd and um, Michael J. Fox mm. just built two wonderful characters and they, they work really well together. Yeah, definitely. They would be such fun characters to play as well. Mm. Yeah, just just a smidge. So just, I, mean, I think that's part of the reason why these films are so popular is because mm. it is just fun seeing... Um, seeing these characters you know i mean and as um with with um marty mcfly essentially being you know sort of the the every boy or the every man in like a big science fiction type adventure i, I it, it's a really important character to get right and michael j yeah. fox is just so likable um mm, yeah. when he's on screen that it just makes it very easy to to empathize with with marty yeah. and and you know the fact is that you know he he goes he just gets thrown into the deep end. Deep end of yeah. things, yeah, all the time. And that's just really fun to see. It's mm. fun to see yeah, how he reacts definitely. when, you know, they, they're using the time machine to go back to 1885. And, you know, he, he drives, he gets 28 miles an hour and he gets thrown into the middle of uh, uh, some Native Americans. And he's mm. like, oh, and he's got to turn the car around and get away from them. And then a bear attacks him. And then, yeah, he's just it's yeah. just fun yeah. seeing him cope. Uh, well, what was yeah. really interesting was um, because of the overarching journey of how they all, all interconnect. So for Doc, it was about him finding a life because he didn't really have one. Everyone, mm. um, but also from a man of science to then by the end of it, like he sort of says, "I want to follow my heart." So he goes from the brain to the heart. While um, Marty's journey is sort of really that chicken. What does it mean to be a man? So yeah. it's sort of his journey of what does it mean to be a man? Does a man stand up and fight because he thinks that's what he's got to do? Or does a man use his words and does he know when to to grow up and become an adult? Yeah. So they both go on their own journey together. Like, so by going forwards and backwards and, and time, they both have a journey of mm. like growing as people and stuff, which is really cool. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting as well because the first film is all just about um, throwing someone from 1985 back in 1955 and yeah. seeing how they cope. Mm. But the, because Marty never gets called a chicken in the first film. That only mm. happens in the second and third films. And it's very, it's a strong element in both films. Yeah. You know, what are you, chicken? What are you, yellow? You know, that yeah. that yeah. only happens in these second, uh, these last two films. And that's mm. probably because they were written together at the same time, yeah. knowing that those two yeah. films were so heavily But what was really interesting is I like the fact that they threw that in there because him looking down on his dad... Mm. was the reason is because his father never stood up. He was always yeah. like, yeah. oh, no, of course, of course. So in the first movie, he sort of doesn't, he doesn't respect his father mm. and he mm. sort of looks down on him and goes like, you know, you never stand up for yourself. And in the first movie, it was him going in his sort of story was you got to stand up for him you, mm. yourself. You got to punch him in the face. You got to be a man. You got to, this is going to change your life is if yeah. you, is if you stand up 
to the bully. Mm. Um, and then the other two movies look at the consequences of sort of going, okay, there's a time to stand up for yourself, but also they use that sort of element of maybe this is a problem that Marty has of the sense of that sense of, I don't want to be like my father. So every mm. time people try to bring me down, I try to prove that I'm better. So I think they did a really good job of like mm. maybe yeah. looking at what the issues were on the first movie and then putting them into the two. So when you watch all three, it sort of feels like, an overarch story. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it's something that um, basically everyone who's been on this, this little mini trilogy series that we've done has said is that mm. the, the, the writing is exemplary. Yeah. It's, it's really, really well put together. So, you know, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis have told an, a really excellent story, uh, a story which this third part starts at the end of the second film in much the so same good. way that mm. the first, the second film started at the end of the first film. Yeah. But the start of the third film is the end of the first film with the end of the second film tacked on. Yeah, but it (laughs) also goes on with the idea that when you watch the end of the first film, Mm. that scene that we see in the third film always happened. Yeah. Because what was to ha- yeah mm. so that's what i've re- that's what i thought was so brilliant so when you watch the first movie you go oh yeah he goes back into the future but then you've got the context oh no wait, hang on a second in a couple more minutes his second self is going to go back into the future mm. but then after that a couple of seconds later him he's going to come back from the past that he just sent him to it's like yeah yeah so they do a really good job of using the closing end from the first movie and mm. manage to make it a motif in the next two movies i would yeah. almost be tempted to watch the first film and just cut off that final scene and just watch the first film roll straight into the third film and see how that affects it narratively. Yeah. You know, so if you're following it and seeing, yeah, and seeing like Doc go, yes, we've sent him back. And then you suddenly have Marty turn up having had all of his experiences from the second film. I I think we might have to get someone else who hasn't seen the films yeah. now, Claire. And I might just... Then would it affect it? But he's never been... No, as in, like, from, from from a viewer's perspective. So, if the viewer hadn't seen the second film, and was, I think it would be there'd be some plot holes. There'd be some big be questions. Oh, yeah. Real, real confusion. I I also think what how how would it look if you took everything that happened to Doc chronologically in terms of his lifetime and watch that? So you saw. So you watch the second movie. It would. Yeah, it'd be tricky. You'd have to do all the scenes of him in 55 from the first and the second film, then his 85 self that goes forward and backwards through time, and then the one that goes back to 1885. I think how they've done it in the movies is pretty good. No, yeah. it's pretty good. It, this, this is more just me. I'm just curious. I want, I, 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 I'd, I'd like to see how that would work because I think that the way they've used time travel in this story... is smart as well. It's smart. It actually advances the plot better than I think a lot of other time travel stories. Yeah. Like the only plot holes you get is just sometimes you know you just go oh well technically like when he was talking about the road and the rail line will be there in the future and then you go well technically because of how the earth moves in tectonic plates the bridge would be a little bit over but the thing is is that everyone goes but other than obviously that and the fact everyone goes well it's freaking time travel right there's you know they do a really good job of making it they have their laws Mm. and their rules and it's really clear cut and I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just really, really tightly done. Um, so we start at the end of the previous two films at the same time. Uh, and the doc ends up waking up back in his house, uh, having fainted on the street and speaking into the dictaphone and basically saying, I don't even know how I got back here, but it's okay. I'm going to gonna work it out. Maybe the time displaced me. And then he finds Marty again and screams, leans on the piano. As a dramatic, <laughs> can I just say, like, the comic timing of everything in this movie, it's such a family movie of yeah. just, like, 
the shots, the magnifying glass and the lips and him just going, it's me, Dark. And he's like, no, and you're the dun, dun. Like, you know, like the very sort of gothic sort of horror. I yeah. like the movie. Oh, mm. yeah. It's so funny like that throughout mm. the whole film. Really mm. good comedic timing. And so Doc reads his own letter from 1885. Um, <laughs> go, go on, Kate. I love the joke where he's just like, he does the whole, like, you know, my great, you know, memories, da, da, da. And then, like that joke, he goes, I never knew I could write so well. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he reads his letter and then um, re- reads 1885 Doc. Yes. Says he doesn't want to be rescued. He wants, he says... I, the time machine, after I got hit by lightning from the end of the second film, is now buried in a cave somewhere where no yeah. one can find it. Use that to go forward to 1985 and then destroy it. Don't come back for me. I'm kind of digging the Old West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as Doc and Marty go to uncover the buried time machine to send Marty back to 1985 from 1955, um, they, uh, the, the, the Doc's dog Copernicus um, mm. discovers the grave of the doc who was killed in 1885, a week after he wrote that letter to Marty. Mm. So now 1955 doc goes, well, I don't want to get killed. So <laughs> go back in time and save me. Which can I love that it's that 1955 guy that's just like, uh, no. Mm. Well, I feel like 1985 doc would have said like, no, that's how that's how it goes. Mm. Yeah, well, really well, yeah, because yeah. well, 1885 doc is basically 1985 doc yeah. with an extra eight months. Whereas this is doc when yeah. he's 30 years younger in 1955 and he's going, no, I don't want to die. I've <laughs> yeah. only just discovered time travels, this awesome thing. <laughs> yeah. Go back and save me. So um, yeah, they, so Marty is sent back in time dressed perfectly as a cowboy, I think. Period yeah. perfect, uh, yeah. pink with tassels. Yeah, it's great. Um, and, the, and the Nike shoes. The Nike shoes. <laughs> I love, yeah, the Nike shoes. It's great. Yeah. I'll put the boots on when I get there. Okay, okay. Um, and they travel back in time and immediately uh, they he, he arrives. They, they've gone out into the, the desert so that they shouldn't really get affected. They're in a, uh, like an outdoor drive-through drive cinema thing. And as it gets to 88 miles an hour and he's driving towards the screen and below the screen, there's a mural of some Native Americans and he goes back in time and there's actual Native Americans <laughs> charging down on horses and he's like, ah, and so quickly backs away. They, you know, they're... they're hooping and a hollering they fire an arrow at him um he ends up managing to get the delorean away into a cave as they run past and then the american army runs past and we all feel uncomfortable about um mm, you know yeah. the the white genocide that was committed there and then we quickly get over it because a freaking bear turns <laughs> up like I, I did like that the sort of because at first i forgot about the cavalry um so i was so when that scene was happening I was just going, oh no, like this is uh, this is a bit of fen- like that kind of like we're gonna grab some Native Americans, just have a spear and, yeah. and some arrows and just make noises and, and sort of chase him. And I'm like, why would they be chasing him? And then all mm. of a sudden you're like, oh no, they're not chasing, they're running. And mm. then you're like, oh good twist, 1985 movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. I also feel it's kind of like a classic Spielberg thing mm. to an extent mm. because you have, even though he's not in charge in this i almost feel as though maybe he would have lent on this particular page of the script and gone here's an idea um just because the way that you hear that there's something else coming first is like a low rumble yeah and when you consider that this is like three years before jurassic park comes in with the famous water cup thing yeah it really reminded Mm. me of that oh especially when they were running from the dinosaurs and they hit underneath and everyone jumped all over yeah yes yeah almost felt like this was yeah this this was maybe something spielberg went I can use this somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so 
the DeLorean is is in a cave. We know that the fuel line, uh, the fuel's leaking. Um, Marty doesn't realise there's no gasoline around because it's 1885, so he's not too concerned. And then a bear turns up, chases him, steals his boots. Marty falls down a hill and bangs his head on the fence and gets knocked out again. Uh, and But he is fortunate that he has landed uh, on the border of the McFly family farm where a certain Michael J. Fox looking Seamus McFly... Uh, <laughs> With a very convincing Irish accent, mm. I have to say it was word perfect, wasn't it, Kate? <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, it was, it was pretty close. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that the only reason that he played his own, like that he played Seamus, is because of the whole trouble that they had mm. with Crispin Glover. With, yeah, because he would have played that guy yeah. if they yeah. hadn't had all those legal disputes. Yes. Yeah, we discussed this on last week's podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, which at the time of recording hasn't come out yet, so I am feeling a bit time travelly right now. So <laughs> weird. Talking about something that hasn't come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the yeah. So Seamus um, helps him recover. He wakes up in a bedroom for the third time in this series, and for just a little second, Claire's incest alarm started going off. Going, oh no, he's waking up with his mum in the room. Uh, but luckily, um, well, this time no she's a proper incest. Catholic. Yeah. She was oh, like, yeah. it is Mrs. McFly. Yeah. yeah. Like the complete opposite of yeah. everything yeah, yeah. really yeah. <laughs> i think everyone just has a collective <laughs> yeah so um yeah he wakes up uh marty also gets to meet his great grandfather william who was the Which first was it's cool that before he went back in time he was in the library looking at him mm. dressed up as that guy as an adult mm. and then all of a sudden he goes back further in time and then sees him as a baby. Like, just those little details are going, here's a photo of my great-grandfather, and now here's him as a baby. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was really cool uh, seeing that, and uh, seeing, um, obviously, the 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 scenes where we have Seamus talking to Marty, and they're both played by Michael J. Fox. Mm. There was a little bit of that in the second film where mm. Marty played his own children. Yes. Um, in this one, it felt like they'd perfected the technique a bit more. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't look as... Um, it didn't look as awkward, particularly, mm. I, I don't know if you remember, Claire, from the second film, when he's on the stage, from the first first yeah. film, Marty's on the stage playing yeah. the guitar, and second film, Marty's going above. That looked kind of awkward, yeah. and it was rotoscope, but very obviously. Mm. I felt this this particular time, they'd actually nailed it. Yeah, they floored it. Yeah, they, they really knocked it out of the park. Um, mm. And Michael J. Fox acts very well opposite himself. Yeah. Uh, even if his Irish accent isn't the best, <laughs> it, it was okay. It was... It was. It you was know, fun. let's just go to the idea that he's been in America long enough. Yeah. That his accent is, 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 is morphing. Oh, it's yeah. it's slowly changing. <laughs> slowly changing. Slowly changing to darker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he's um, he's looked after by his family. Not that they know that it's his family. He goes with the name Clint Eastwood because <laughs> why not? Love it. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, he he ends up going into town the next day. So. Because uh, he's got to find the doc, because he knows he's got like five days to save the doc's life. Mm. So uh, after meeting his great-grandfather, he walks into Hill Valley. Uh, we see that the, the clock tower is, is being built, the courthouse is being built, the clock's going to be uh, activated in a couple of days' time at the big clock party. Um, and he's walking around and we see Hill Valley a hundred years previously. And mm. how was that, Claire? Crazy. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. nuts. <laughs> Real crazy. <laughs> mm. I mean, for me, it only really sunk in when you saw the courthouse 
literally being built. Yeah. Um, because obviously the rest of it's very old west, and you know, like you see the bathhouse, which is literally just a tent with a tub in it and yeah. things like that. And you see the courthouse, and you're like, oh man, this is time travel is cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so Marty goes into the saloon because you're in the old west. You kind of and have also to... can't have the diner anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. So, so it, it always used to be the diner that they would always have yeah. the fights in, but mm. now this time it's the saloon, which I thought was a pretty cool touch. And mm. it's on a corner It's as on the well. same yeah. corner. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, that's pretty nice. At some point, that... that Yeah, I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm just thinking, like, when did the changeover happen? When did the saloon become the 1950s milk bar? I, I know it was probably something else in between, but I like to imagine that it mm. went from saloon to milk bar straight away. <laughs> like Sal turned up and he went, hey, I'm not liking this... <laughs> This whole cowboy mode, Eve, we've got to fill this place with milk and phone books that I don't mind people ripping the names out of. <laughs> um, so, yes, we, we he goes into the saloon. He encounters Mad Dog Tannen, uh, which sees the return of Thomas F. Wilson uh, not playing uh, Biff for, for, mm. for once. Um, but playing Biff's great great grandfather possibly a distant relative distant anyway like... or at least a distant relative because they have the same last name mm. yeah. so they're family in some yeah. way i actually think this is this is the the best bit of acting thomas f wilson does <gasps> yes. he is he's mm. genuinely mad dog is genuinely like a great cowboy villain yeah character yeah. even though he's got some of the biffisms of like saying the slightly wrong insults and not being mm. able to like count and being a bit thick but he's genuinely like unsettling and, and creepy it, it takes you a while to realize that it's the same actor like when you first yeah. meet him and he walks in you're sort of like when i first watched the movie i was going oh when oh crap this is biff like yeah when yeah. did you realize claire pretty much straight away because okay. they kind of kept the same like structure as oh, yeah. how they'd kept it of course because he comes one. in and goes hey mcfly yeah yeah and so i was like oh cool it's the same thing but older. While, <laughs> while we're here um who was your favorite um, reoccurring character, I guess, like that you saw their old Westy version. Oh, I, w- I want to say the mum just because it wasn't incest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had the mum, you had uh, Biff, the principal, you had Strickland. I love Strickland. Yeah, and he had so much hair this time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I also really like that Deputy Strickland's son was there, yeah. and it was like, right, this is where this discipline thing comes yeah. from. It was just really, really lovely. Um, so yes, Mad Dog. Uh, turns up he he makes uh, Marty dance or sorry he makes Clint Eastwood dance because uh, <laughs> Marty accidentally calls him Mad Dog to his face uh, Marty does a bit of the moonwalk yeah, and accidentally confuses everybody yeah. like. um, and then accidentally kicks a, a spit bucket into mm. um, into I want to I went to call him Biff into mm. Mad Dog um, and uh, gets gets chased around town they lasso him they try and hang him. Mm. And then he gets saved by a mysterious stranger with a very science fiction looking sniper rifle. Because mm. it's dark brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he, he's a badass in this movie. Oh, he's mm. so great. I mean, he's been living in the Old West for eight months. He had to yeah. adapt. You know, he's a blacksmith with a, all these science fiction gadgets and, um, yeah. you know, takes on. I mean, you shoot this guy's horse and he openly argues with like the most dangerous man in, in the area, uh, which mm. is also the reason why he was going to get killed. Because he was yeah. shot in the back over a matter of eighty dollars, um, and we learned that that eight dollars is because of some horseshoe repair disagreement that they yeah. were having. Mm-hmm. So Marty is now there, going, "Doc, I've come back because you're going to get murdered in a few days." Yeah, after that incident, I like how he goes, "Man, I should have paid him that eighty bucks." Like, <laughs> you have to remember though, eighty dollars was a lot of money. That it was. Have, uh, he probably didn't even have eighty bucks on him. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much 
I, I imagine true. Uh, but yeah, basically he, um, yeah, he, he's, um, we, the doc is now aware, okay, I've got a few days to save my life. He also reads on the tombstone that the tombstone was um, dedicated, or well, it was a dedication at the bottom from someone called Clara, who the doc still doesn't know who that is. And then beloved he discovered Beloved Clara. Beloved Clara. <laughs> and uh, because it's not Clara from Doctor Who, who goes back in time and fixes lots of time travel things. I think of it that way. I only made the connection halfway through. I was like... Oh. Wouldn't it be funny if that's why you named her that? It would be mildly funny if that character wasn't the worst companion of New Who. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that I have any... She was fine. It's just every other companion has been better. That's, yeah. that's all. <clears throat> anyway... <laughs> Sorry, this is not a Doctor Who cast. We'll get on to my problems with that character later. Um, <laughs> Clara Clayton is this school teacher who um, Doc is then told that he's going to go meet. Uh, he gets told by the, the mayor, uh, oh, you're going to go meet this teacher, Clara Clayton. And he's like, oh, okay, well, no, this, we just won't go meet her. It'll be fine because mm-hmm. then I can't fall in love with her if I don't meet her. And also, I'm not going to fall in love because I'm a scientist. That'd be stupid. Yeah, like falling in love with someone in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'd be like, that's silly. So instead, they um, they try and get the DeLorean going to 88 miles an hour using six horses, which, uh, whilst looks cool, is ineffective because yeah. it only gets to about 24 miles an hour. Um, then they come up with the train idea, the idea of uh, pushing it up to 88 mm. miles an hour. They um, speak to the train conductor. They figure out, okay, we can potentially get it up to 90 miles an hour with the right conditions, essentially a long enough piece of track, nothing connected to the train, using these special fuel um, things that the dock invents that make the train explode super fast but can also blow up the boiler. Um, and then while they're formulating this plan, there's a horse and carriage going crazy, going going down the hill, and there's a lady going, oh, help, help, I need rescuing. And so Doc and Marty just instinctively jump in there and go save that lady, and they stop, they, they pull her off the carriage just in time before it falls down into this uh, ravine and the cart explodes. And this is Clara Clayton. Uh, and the doc is instantly besotted once she lifts the hat off her chin. Um, and I think she is as well. They're kind of both... Yeah, like, they both like, fall in love straight yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like, a, oh. Um, and, I know, I mean, if you didn't save her, she Clara Clayton would have died in the Clayton Ravine. Well, and that's just <laughs> it. It stops being the Clayton Ravine and the doc goes all, whoa, because he's like, no, I've messed with time. Yeah. <laughs> but then if anything, it makes her the perfect match because... She was destined to die, which means in his timeline, there is no possible future that he could muck up. There is no possible children that were meant to exist because mm. she was meant to die. It, so she's like, she's actually, in fact, the perfect the it, perfect mate. It does yeah. make me think, though, a potential discrepancy. It could just be because I've not quite thought this through. Mm. So Clayton Ravine is named Clayton Ravine because in 1885, Clara falls in and dies. Yes. Mm. The Doc's tombstone when he was shot in 1885 a week after that happened yes. was dedicated by Clara a woman that he never met yes but that tombstone only popped up after the events of um everything that happened so it was Michael J right. Fox that always called it Clayton Ravine because he was from the timeline before they went back into the back into right. the past okay. so that's why he was explaining it but by the time he gets back to his future none of the students would have the Clayton Ravine, story. throw your teacher in the Ravine story. Instead, it'll be like known as the guy called Clint Eastwood who stood up to the villain, but 
but then decided to hijack a train <laughs> and killed himself. Mm. Which is a really... Could you imagine him being like, bye, Seamus. And everyone's like, wow, you've really learned your lesson. And then they go, what happened to him? He stole a train and, and died. Yeah. Like, imagine mm. Seamus going, I'm so conflicted. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. He was so nice and he gave me a gun and now... I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm just going to say my accent is just as good as <laughs> Michael J. Fox's. Um, yeah, so uh, Clara is rescued and uh, they, they're instantly besotted. What, what did you think of their relationship, Claire? Did it, did it work for you? Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. It was really cute. I mean, for, for like a love at first sight relationship, mm. I think it worked quite well. Yeah. And it also makes sense. I mean, judging by what we've seen of the, of the Doc's life, he's probably been alone most of it because mm-hmm. i mean once he discovers time travel's possible in 55 he puts his entire family fortune into making mm-hmm. the time machine which makes him yeah, yeah so yeah chances are he's probably just like no relationship since he discovered time travel um yeah. so I, I guess it kind of makes sense in that respect and also mm-hmm. they have a connection with jules verne they like looking at sweet. things on the moon do you think we'll ever get there in about 84 years <laughs> which <laughs> i thought was great um so yeah w- the clayton ravine change happens it's no longer clayton ravine Clara comes by the shop with the telescope and says, oh, there's a, there's the big festival. Are you going to be going there? And Doc's like, of course, of course. He says, well, holding like a giant phallic object. Yeah, but can I just say, I like the change of, you know how traditionally when it's like the, the two couples, like one in front and one behind, mm. how it's always like the woman and the guys like behind, oh, behind her. It, yeah. and it's like very like romantic. I love the fact that this time it was her. Yeah. Like, yeah. and they're talking about a telescope. But she, yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah. It was really sweet. I did pick up on that as well, kind of going, oh, it's it's subverted from what is the normal, the, yeah. well, the norm. So yeah, it was it was lovely. I really enjoyed uh, Mary Steinbergen's performance as yeah. as Clara. She was great. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, admittedly, the, the, the character... Is just a traditional damsel. Is it well a little bit? It's it, it's what it's it's kind of like that that almost subgenre of damsel, the the smart damsel. Yeah. Yeah. Although she doesn't often need properly rescuing except for in that first instance so like when except when they first meet her and then yeah. at the end uh, well, well well again she but she chased after mm. them and got into the same situation yeah. they were in and then they were both falling off and the doc had was the one that got the hoverboard and was able to save her mm. um and there was the bit at the the festival that's coming up where yeah. mm. he stood up for his honor her honor yeah but then she also stood up for him and then yeah. they ended up both kind of getting into a situation where yeah. they were both going to get attacked they it, it was quite uh for a damsel in distress, I I I I would I read it as being more equal than quite a lot. It of It is other a lot movies. more equal than yeah. a lot of the other movies. Yeah. Yeah, and admittedly, it's a character that's being thrown into the third part of a trilogy that we've had no context for. Mm. There's not a lot of time to build that relationship, mm. but I I uh, my reading was that it was pretty pretty effective. Yeah. How did you feel about it, Claire? Yeah, I found it pretty equal. Pretty like yes, there was moments where she needed rescuing but then there was also moments when doc needed rescuing and mm. so they kind of like cancelled each other out yeah and i i mean i i mean as much as i can have an opinion on this i always think it's very important to ask well to ask people who who are women because mm. it, you know your, your reading is more important than mine i i would argue i think for like an 80s film they did a pretty good job like mm. for mm. some of their female like like some of their female characters as much as sort of possible like i can't remember the other two of how much they were really put in but yeah generally well, yeah i mean with them um, well like for example with jennifer she's asleep on the porch this whole film but that was a a leftover from the writing problems of trying of yeah. having to have her at the start of the second film when they were like ah oh, we should have really not had this um but 
Yeah, um, we we see the festival. We see ZZ Top, um, yeah. <laughs> who are there with their period perfect beards. Yeah. Um, yeah which I didn't realise that was ZZ Top. Yeah. I know, I didn't realise. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's them. ZZ mm. Top, they're there. Yeah. Um, that's where they do the guitar spin. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I never got that. I thought it was just cool choreography. But can I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I just like, I thought it was really, I liked the music. Like, obviously mm. they wrote that for that. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really good. It mm. was, yeah. And it was just nice, kind of like a, oh, okay, that's that's, that's a nice mm. way of doing that. Um, you know, because it's, and also it's the third film. It's the one where, but by this point, everyone knows, okay, this thing's successful. So like the second film had all the, the, um, the commercial aspect, you know, you had all the, the product placement mm. with like lots of Pepsi and um, mm. Pizza Hut and things like that. And this film doesn't have the product placement no. because they're going back to 1885. They literally have the guy who invented barbed wire there, but I don't know if that counts as yeah. product placement with him going, I've got this thing called barbed wire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was nice. It was, yeah. I think having ZZ Top in there was a pretty mm. acceptable way of having that in there you know occasionally when you see films and they they just have something segued in which just makes it feel awkward and stilted yeah um it's a cool cameo like so for me i don't really know zz top so that for me it was like it goes like but i really enjoyed the music and i liked the band and yeah so for modern people especially if you're not in the 80s and you don't know that music yeah you would just go what a cool band they really created some great music and Mm. atmosphere like without Mm. without it feeling like you know when you watch movies and you realize, oh look, this is a celebrity cameo yeah. from yeah. that period, and you have no idea. Mm. I'm looking at you, Spice Girls uh, movie. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, like a lot of those type of sort of. Oh, yeah, although, that one is well taking the piss out of it. But. I mean, yeah, there are different levels. So like yeah. one that always jumps to mind with celebrity cameos is Zoolander, but mm, Zoolander yeah. did it. Zoolander was in like a world of celebrities, like they were fashion models. And also the fact that David Bowie literally gets a title card the same as the main character just because he's David Bowie yeah, is a really yeah. great joke. Um, yeah. And, you know, things like that are good. But other times it just feels very stilted. And, and Yeah, like yeah. when you're watching mm. a movie and you go like and they hold the shot mm. and you're like, I'm supposed to know who this is, but this movie is 15 years old. Yeah. Like even with um, the cameos of um, the old Western actors. Yeah. They do a really good job of they just pan to them and they just look like characters in the saloon yeah. that have dialogue. And, of course, they're very natural because, you know, the whole career is based on mm. spaghetti westerns. Um, mm. And they do a good job where, again, if you know westerns, mm. you'll go, oh, it's those three guys, especially once you hear their, their voices yeah. because yeah. they're aged, obviously. Mm. Um, but I think Back to the Future does a very good job of, like, all of their cameos, like recurring characters and stuff mm. like that, they they do a really good job of just blending it in. Yeah, no, yeah, nothing is ever done to the detriment of the story. Yeah. Mm. And it is the story that is really, really strong with this. Mm. Um, Mad Dog turns up at the party uh, and with his secret uh, hat gun, uh, tries to tries to shoot the Doc. Uh, doc and Clara stand up for themselves and Marty saves the day with a Frisbee pie tin. Um, which, which is actually where Frisbees come from. There was, those tins were people who realised you could throw them. And that's where frisbees come from. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's why it's like frisbee. He goes, "Hey, frisbee." Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I just say, I love that how in every movie he's just like, "Here's me creating something new. Here's a skateboard <laughs> yeah. uh, and rock and roll." And then he like uses the hoverboard on the game. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah. He manages to help invent things. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah I've I've got it because it was in the trivia troll. Um, the frisbee pie plate. Um, 
was from a literal frisbee pie company that was founded in 1871 in Connecticut. Uh, Their pie pans were thrown around on the campus of Yale University, and this led to the invention of the frisbee disc as we now know it. Oh my god, classic university students. I love it, because like, can I just say, I love that the trope of university are people on campus throwing frisbees, and I'm like, well, of course... They invented it. Like. Yeah. And they ate some delicious pie <laughs> beforehand. They ate some delicious yeah. pie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he accidentally kind of invents the Frisbee. Um, <laughs> Mad Dog and Marty agree to duel at 8 a.m. on Monday after they clear their schedules. 7 a.m. I like to kill before breakfast. 8. I like, I like to kill after. Yeah. <laughs> and so much of what Marty is doing when he's pretending to be Clint Eastwood yeah. is just playing the the cowboy character yeah. playing that archetype mm. um and you can tell he's having fun doing it oh yeah like both michael j fox and the character of marty yeah yeah, yeah it's it's really really lovely but that's what i like about the whole like he's sort of embracing that cowboy character and yeah. then literally after he embraces it the next scene he's like oh wait no i could die i could mm. i could die there's a very serious mm. like and yeah th- that is hammered home when the doc's name disappears from the grave uh, but the grave is still there, mm. and the you know the undertaker's going around measuring him up, going the odds are two to one in uh, Mad Dog's favor, so you might need a new suit. And um, he realizes that oh, this this behavior, this um, never backing down and always going for a fight, could kill me. Mm. Mm. Um, and so yeah, we see that um, happen. We see um, after the name disappears. The doc also accidentally lets slip that Marty's temper is going to get him into a car crash. Yeah. Um, well, not specifically a car crash. He just says, you know, that leads to, like, the accident or something. Yeah. Um, and he won't tell Marty what it is because he's like, I shouldn't have said that. He, you know, he hagrids it. I shouldn't have said that. And yeah. um, is just going, you have to forge your own future and you have to learn to do these things. And then the doc, uh, as they're preparing, because it's the night before um, the morning of the, the train heist, the doc is umming and ahhing about whether or not to stay in 1885 because he has mm. fallen in love with Clara. You know, they've they've looked at moon craters together. You know, that's third base in in, <laughs> in the science community. So um, he's umming and ahhing and then he makes a decision to go and say goodbye yeah, to, to Clara. Yeah, to be respectful. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't want to just leave her there. Yeah. And it goes badly and uh, she as, thinks as you would expect yeah because yeah. it's it's the doc he's he's not good at talking to people in general and mm. um he's trying to be respectful and he ends up telling the truth that he's a time traveler and she just thinks that he's having her on and she tells him to get out and he leaves and she's very upset so upset that she buys a one-way ticket to san francisco the next day despite having just gotten a job, job as a school as, teacher, as a teacher? Yeah. like even yeah. though he said that he was going yeah i found that a bit i was like um she just you have a teaching job. Had to get out of there. She just you have had a job. to get Why out of there. Why are you living? Yeah, I know. Especially yeah. a working woman, just to be like, mm. I'm leaving this job to nowhere mm. with no pro. Like, yeah. Was, but that, I guess also maybe we can look at that, but that shows her adventurous spirit. Yeah. So then when she mm. jumps on, I mean, she's got family, she's got parents, she's, she might have siblings. We don't, you know, we don't know what's going on. All mm. we do know is that, like, she's got that adventurous yeah. sort yeah. of spirit. Yeah. And um, San Francisco probably has more teaching jobs than Hill Valley. Mm. You know, mm. just throwing it out there. Mm. There was only a very small schoolhouse. Um, so after the the, the 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 breakup, I guess, goes wrong. Uh, Doc goes to the saloon to get drunk, uh, and by get drunk, we mean hold the same shot of whiskey for the whole night uh, while he tells, tells people the literally future. everyone, everyone what the future will be. Mm. And yeah. I love that that everyone's like, "Yeah, oh, you're an idiot." Like, yeah. Oh, run for fun? 
um, so yeah, while the doc's having his crisis, Marty wakes up to find no doc, and he's like, oh, "I've got to go find him." So um, Marty goes into town. At the same time, though, Mad Dog's woken up. He's hungry. He's actually hungry, but he also wants to shoot. Um, I like the fact that he's just like, no, I don't like to kill before I eat. So he's like now annoyed that he's had to wait an hour. So that's Mm. very funny. Yeah, he's probably hangry, to be honest, when he's he's in the town. So yeah, it's a bad day for him. Um, Marty finds the doc. Doc drinks the whiskey and does maybe the best faint in cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. Just falling through that table. Stuff goes everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a top, top comedy pratfall. If mm. we ever do a top 10 comedy pratfalls list on this podcast, um, mm. that's going to be in there. I love the fact that he doesn't make a face either. Mm. Like it's yeah. just the shot down, yeah. like freeze down, like that, oh, that could beat. So yeah, mm. it's very, very well done. Um, the bartender luckily has a wake up juice, which seems to consist mostly of Tabasco, but and chili. Uh, and chili. Um, but yeah, so the doc needs some, about 10 minutes to sober up. Um, He's only got 10 minutes till 8 o'clock. Oh, and as Marty says, why do we always cut these things so fine? <laughs> um, and then uh, it's 8 o'clock. It's actually 5 to 8 when Mad Dog turns up. Uh, and he's calling him out saying, you're yellow and all this. And um, Marty, I forgot he did this, just leaves through the back door. He, yeah. He hits that point where he's like, no, I'm not going to stand up. That's when he learns the lesson. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I love like he's... Like his great great grandfather looking at him, going like, "Yeah, like yeah. he is an asshole. You're right. You're you, right, Clint Eastwood. No, but like you're doing a good job, mate. Like you know, standing. And up. he even tries to forfeit. Um, yes. Forfeit. Yeah, it means you win without fighting. Oh, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, Can't do that. It's not, I love that. I know my favorite line is just like, "You got a back door." Yeah, it's out the back. <laughs> like, like, the whole movie is just full of those one-liners. I'm just yeah. like, that's brilliant. Um, but Doc and Marty try and escape. It doesn't go well. Marty gets, uh, Marty, Doc, sorry, gets taken hostage. Um, and he's like, you got one minute to come out and fight me or we'll shoot the Doc. And so, uh, and so the duel has to happen. Uh, we get a quick cutaway before the duel of Clara overhearing the barbed wire salesman talking about uh, the heartbroken. How ha- just so heartbroken. Yeah, he's so heartbroken. Almost as though he lied to save someone he loves. And oh, she's yeah. like, wait, I'm someone that he loves. <laughs> Stops the train. Uh, and um, Which helps because if she didn't stop the train, then they never would have been able to go back in time, mm. into the future, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, time travel. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, she, she starts uh, legging it back into town. Uh, the duel happens, so um, you know M- Marty hid in a in like a storeroom for a minute, and then comes out uh, with the classic Clint Eastwood like poncho on, yeah. and he takes off the gun belt and Which says, I like. "I'm not mm. fighting." Uh, and let's sort this out. Let's um, yeah. let's so, talk about like what like gentlemen, like men. Like men. men. No, he said like men, men. Like men. and I, that's what I liked is that mm. for him he was like, yeah. as a man, I'm going to yeah. use my words because yeah. that's what a real adult does. Yeah. Mm. And Mad Dog being childish just shoots him, and he collapses because he's been shot in the chest, and everyone's like, "Oh no, Manny McFly's dead!" Uh. Oh no, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, oh Clint Eastwood in this case, um, and then. Yeah, so Mad Dog comes over to his body. Marty kicks the gun out of his hand. He's alive. What? What's this? <laughs> Turns out he uh, borrowed some classic Clint Eastwood moves from Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Uh, what were you thinking, Claire, when you saw... Like, did you work it out? A lot of this film, a lot of the things that happened, I kind of, like, guessed that they were mm. going to happen mm. because I'd recently seen the other two. Mm. And so as soon as, like, they showed that shot where the 
plate thing was on the ground, yeah. I was like, oh, I know what they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's brilliant foreshadowing to have that in the second film, have something that's yeah. just Biff's watching on TV. Yeah. Uh, but that Marty sees and puts the idea in his head. Yeah. Which is probably why he went for the name Clint Eastwood as well. Yeah. Because he'd just seen a Clint Eastwood film recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he, he wins the duel. Um, we see a lot of uh, punches. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson doing his great getting punched turn. Yeah. And then he falls in the manure. Yeah. I was expecting that to happen so much earlier because, like, <laughs> all the other times the car had gone in. And so I was like, their horses are going to go in the manure, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> no, I thought it was good. Like, yeah. just him saying, I hate manure. But yeah. I also love the fact that he gets arrested. But can I just say that he gets arrested for the burglary, like the robbing stuff, mm-hmm. which... I love this shows how stupid they are that they openly admitted in public mm. the night before in front of like the sheriff yeah. comes on like a second later. So I like the fact that they're like, oh, no, 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 we've got this robbery that day. All right, we'll do it Monday. And I'm just like, you know, like I thought that was really funny of just yeah. like calling back to things that they did. Yeah. Funnily yeah. enough, though, that was not originally what he was arrested for. Oh. There was a deleted scene. Uh, which is on the DVD, actually, where Mad Dog was supposed to shoot Marshall Strickland and kill him. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. And I think it's that scene... That's why he doesn't make the arrest. I, I think it's that scene where they confiscate the guns off him because mm. uh, Strickland's son was there at the time in that scene. It was edited out of the final cut because they were like, this is too depressing. We can't have this yeah. happen. Uh, which is why Strickland's deputy arrests Buford rather than Strickland himself. And the deputy's dialogue was redubbed to compensate for the change. Mm. So originally it was because you shot Strickland, but they changed it because like, that's that's too depressing. It is too depressing. Oh. But that's also why Strickland only appears in those earlier scenes. Yeah. Clever. There you go. But yes, um, yeah, he falls in the manure. Everyone has a good laugh. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's been murdered. This is yeah. a family thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they're like, right, time to, time to get the train. So they get on their horses. Clara arrives in town just in time to miss them. Uh, goes into the workshop and finds basically a big old uh, model that was built. Time machine. He was, <laughs> oh, it, he's expressed it in model form. He must be telling the truth. Um, and so then she goes and chases after them on a horse. Um, and then we have, uh, yeah, Doc and Marty hijacking a train, which is... Oh, no, it's a science experiment. Yeah, yes. sorry. Is this a robbery? It's a science experiment. It's It's a really lovely um scene um just seeing them like get all excited and getting all the stuff mm. into gear and then they get the train going and the yeah. delorean's picking up speed well, can i just say i even like the little practical comedy like the physical comedy that this movie has is brilliant as well like the little comedy yeah. of them jumping onto the train in the first place yeah. even though they would have had stunt people mm. what i like about it is that they made it clunky yeah mm. and and then the classic of, of marty finally getting on and then falling flat and marty's on top of him and you sort of have a chuckle because the whole point is that I, lo- I like they have that physical comedy of they don't really yeah. know what they're doing. Like, they're just sort yeah. of going, all right, let's jump on a train. Like, yeah, and yeah. It, it, it felt very... I mean, I've never hijacked an old West train myself, not mm. not personally, but <laughs> I um, I imagine it would be something like that. It would be a bit rough and tumble. Yeah. And yeah. they wouldn't be very good at it, um, but, they, <laughs> but they still manage it. And mm. they um, they start getting the, the train up to speed, but Clara catches up to them. Mm. Um, and she's trying to get their attention and she eventually manages to get their attention as Doc's about to get into the DeLorean yeah. 
by mm. pumping the train whistle, you know, the hoot hoot. And then it's like, oh, well, I've got to go back and get Clara, but we're about to hit the ravine. I'll go get her. It'll be fine. Uh, and then the boiler blows up because, <gasps> yeah, yeah oh, that boiler explosion's great. Yeah. I, I really, two, two things from that sequence, the explosion of the boiler and when the train falls into the ravine. Mm. Yeah. Just great. Yeah. Just, just, I love watching that happen. As a kid, I was always very excited by those bits. Even though I love trains, I also like trains blowing up, it seems. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so the Doc and Clara end up after the boiler explodes, hanging off the side of the train. And luckily, Marty still has the hoverboard in the DeLorean. Mm. And the Doc is able to rescue himself and Clara, who was about to fall off, um, by using the hoverboard. And he hoverboards away to safety just as the DeLorean hits 88 miles an hour and blasts Marty back into 1985 uh, on the other side of Eastwood Ravine, mm. as you say. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it stops. It's on the train tracks, and then Marty has to get out very quickly because a 1985 train is coming yeah. at him and decimates the DeLorean. Yeah, just mm. completely destroys it, which you know kind of did the job for him. He was supposed to destroy that thing anyway. Um, but yeah, just gets completely yeah. destroyed, and then it's just Marty McFly back in 1985. But when no time, no changes happen because he hasn't yeah. even gone to the yeah um, camping yet. Like that was the whole. Yeah. That's where everything was starting. So he's gone yeah. on this whole journey and it's been like... It's back to Saturday morning. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's been like 10 minutes. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he goes back, he sees his family, uh, even his dad who's in the he's, back wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Because uh, it's not Gerson Glover. Uh, but yeah, he's there. Biff's there going, oh, I was going to wax your car again, uh, sir. You know, so Biff's back to normal. He's back in his place. Um, he goes to find Jennifer. Jennifer's whole porch has changed back to classic 1985 as opposed mm-hmm. to the crime ridden 1985 they left her in which means at some point all that changed around her while she was asleep um and i i think out of everyone jennifer is probably going to have the most ptsd yeah because nothing's ever really explained all of a sudden like there's a time machine then she sees her future where she's in a pretty basic marriage Mm. and then all of a sudden yeah it'd be so messed up yeah it would have taken some time i think marty would have had some serious things to deal with as well Yeah. yeah but he at least had like we saw basically like a week of Marty's life over this trilogy, I think, mm. as he jumped mm. up around time. So maybe he had a bit more time to get to deal with it. Um, whereas, yeah, Jen's got got a bit more to come to terms with. Uh, they return to the site of this destroyed DeLorean. Oh, we're never going to see Doc Brown again. Boo-hoo-hoo, he's trapped in 1885. Oh, wait, there's a train coming, but there's no train on the what? track. Boom, time train! Yeah, uh, what did so you, cool. You thought the time train was cool? Yeah, yeah. it reminded me like more of the TARDIS than yeah. what the DeLorean did. It was it was a little, um, well, it was very steampunk, obviously, because it was steam- literally yeah. steam-powered. Yeah, mm. and very inspired, obviously, by um, uh, Jules Verne as yeah. well, like yeah. like that kind of design of, of machinery and stuff. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and we see that the Doc and Clara are together. They've had two kids since um, they've been there. So it took Doc a long time to go back and see Marty. Mm. He's probably like, Oh, he probably got back. He's probably. F- I'm going to raise a family first before I go and find him, though. Well, I think it would have. I think it was. That's how long it took him to build it. Build it. Well, I suppose there's like, that, yeah. that's the thing. Like it probably took them ten years. Yeah. To sort of figure it all. Oh, out. okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so like once he was all sorted, but then he also went into the future because he was like, we're going to need that hovering stuff yeah. and they got einstein as well and get and that's why he came back yeah he was like i gotta say hello to you and get my dog like, yeah. yeah which is lovely um yeah. so yeah and also marty learned his lesson mm. because when it came to the final car chase yeah he mm. said no and then he realized oh my god if i had done this race i would have i would have crashed into that rolls royce which of course his girlfriend's like oh, 
Oh my god, that, that was the incident that yeah. like destroyed his entire life. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. And there, the facts with your fired on it changes, mm. um, yeah. which was maybe the thing you reacted most to verbally, oh, Claire. Because yeah. you were like, what? It changes the future as well. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Which was really lovely. And then, yeah, the, the, the film and the trilogy concludes as the first mm. film concluded, except this time it's a time train instead of a DeLorean, raising up because it's a hover train, flying off and going yeah. somewhere else in time. And that concludes the film and the trilogy. Yeah, it was really good. I like the sort of moral of the message was it was good because that mm. excitement of going, oh my god, his future isn't going to be terrible. Like yeah. while also looking at like not knowing what is that message of like you make your own future, mm. so do the best that you can and, yeah. and have yeah. fun. Like yeah. yeah, and it's a really positive message to have, um, and mm. was just it's just lovely. Um, I, so Claire, we we've come to the end of our our journey no. through these three films. <laughs> Um, I, I presume with that R that you've really enjoyed it. I have. I want more. <laughs> well, you, you are allowed to to watch them again. Yeah. Uh, the, I am. In yeah. fact, you can raise your child on watching them, and they'll get to watch it for the first time as they get older. That's the only one. Well, no, I, I was about to say that's the only plus side of having a child is, is you yes. get to introduce them to things that you know you yeah. watched, and watching them as as. As you wait for like Darth Vader to say like I am your father and watch the kid just go oh no like mm. you know so you, you, they can experience it yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah that is the only reason to have a child that's the yeah. only reason it's so, the only reason so, I did yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can watch kid movies and yeah. not feel judged yeah. Yeah. yeah if you want more Back to the Future there was an animated TV series mm-hmm. uh, which is set after the film uh, after the film series um, it was what year did it come out ninety. 91 to 92 so it was a year or two after mm. the films um and there were two seasons each consisting of 13 episodes um were they good well i'm trying not i i, I don't know i remember watching them very very loosely as a child mm. uh, i don't really remember anything of them did they have the same actors doing the voices uh i'll just do a quick check yeah. i know that um even though the the cartoons take place after the film, Bob Gale has said that the animated series and the comic books take place in an alternate thing. They're not part of the main canon. Oh, um, okay. The also just a fun fact: uh, the show marked the debut television appearance of Bill Nye. Oh, wow. yeah. So he made an appearance uh, somewhere in there. Okay. So the premise of the Back to the Future cartoon. This is for you and mm. anyone else that wants. More Back to the Future, Claire. Following the conclusion of Back to the Future Part 3, Dr. Emmett Brown settled in 1991 Hill Valley with Clara and their children, Mm. Jules and Vern and Einstein, living on the same ranch that Clara lived in in 1885. Mm. As with the films, time travel was achieved through the use of a modified DeLorean, which had apparently been rebuilt after it was destroyed at the end of the trilogy. The the DeLorean now has voice-activated time circuits and can also travel instantaneously... Yeah, and can also travel instantaneously to different locations in space and time, so it's a TARDIS. Um, The characters also travel through time using the steam engine. Although Marty McFly is the show's main character and Jennifer Parker makes occasional appearances, the show focused primarily on the Brown family, Um, whereas the movies obviously focus on the McFly Mm. family. The film's villain Biff Tannen also appears frequently, uh, as do relatives from different time periods or parallel time zones that they visit. So, yeah, uh, it doesn't feature the voices of those. Oh, okay, no, it features Mary Steenburgen, so oh. Clara's there, yeah. and Thomas F. Wilson, so he does Biff. Oh. So um, Christopher Lloyd um, 
Oh, wait, hang on a sec. And yeah, it looks as though Christopher Lloyd do- does his voice as well. Aww, they probably just couldn't get good. Michael J. Fox. Cause... Well, in fairness, he's, <laughs> he's Michael J. Fox. Well, mm. I mean, they, they could barely, to get him to do these movies, I mean, he was... Hmm. The, in the first movie, oh, it was my, okay. Tonight. My, my double apologies. Um, Christopher Lloyd plays himself in live action segments that appear. So there were live action segments. Ah, Dan Castellaneta, what? better known as Homer Simpson, does the voice of cartoon oh. Doc Brown. So I think there must have been little bits at the start and the end where he's Doc. I haven't. I don't remember seeing it. Mm. Like so, obviously Christopher Lloyd must have done some things where he dressed up as the Doc at the start and the end of the episode. Um, yeah, David Kaufman was the voice of Marty McFly. Uh, yeah. So if you want more, you can go and watch the, the Back to the Future cartoon series from 1991. That's really cool. See, mm. a lot of people would sort of, a lot of people sort of want like another like movie, which a part of me wants, because again, you mm. finish the whole trilogy and you're like, I want more of this universe yeah. because the time difference between 1985 and like these these years is about the same difference between 1985 and um, the 1950s. Mm. Um, so like a lot of people are like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? But the future's all messed up because the future doesn't look like it did mm. in the movie Back yeah. to the Future. Mm. Also, yeah. uh, the Bill Nye Bill Nye appeared in segments in the show, doing little science experiments. Oh, that's cool! Oh. So it was like in a proper little science yeah. show. Yeah, and from that, that's where we got. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill, 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 oh, Bill, So you see, Bill, something Bill. good came out of it. The show yeah. must have been, couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. Well, the final episode was called Vern Hatches an Egg. Uh, I'm just reading through episode titles now. Um, yeah. Did it win any awards? <laughs> it uh, won some sound awards. So, yeah, there you go. Mm, there you go. Uh, there is also, uh, I'm sure some of you will be going, Stephen, talk about the Back to the Future game, for God's sake. There was a Back <laughs> to the Future um, point-and-click adventure game that was what? done by Telltale. You know the Telltale Walking Dead games? Yeah. They're reasonably popular. The very first game in that style they did was a Back to the Future game. Ooh. So you, you, there is more Back to the Future if you want it. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the sketch from the Jimmy Kimmel show in 2015 where a DeLorean turns up in the studio and it because it, they're filming it on the day that... That they were meant to have come yeah. into the future. Yeah. And Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox reprise their characters. Yeah, and they're um, really annoyed because they pop out and they're like, yeah. where is everything? He's like, oh. And they learn about selfies and things like oh, that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll play you that one afterwards, actually. We'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, when we finish here. The reason I say afterwards is because we've got some trivia to get to. <gasps> yes. I love trivia. Trivia. Okay, trivia. so... <laughs> Here we go. The first bit of trivia. When Doc and Marty are at the drive-in preparing the DeLorean for the trip to 1885, Marty mentions Clint Eastwood, and the Doc replies, Clint who? Because Clint wasn't a massive movie star then. Mm. In that shot, the movie posters in the background showcase the films Revenge of the Creature and Tarantula, containing some of the first film appearances of the young, unknown Eastwood. That's cool. Oh, Marty, so uh, yeah, Marty even looks to and briefly points at the poster as he says to Doc, "That's right, you haven't heard of him yet." Oh, oh that's so cool. Mm. Little oh, that's so much little detail. Sorry, continue yeah. with you. No, no, it's fine. It's it's okay to it's, to gush about this. That's it's, like so much. Like just the amount of effort to put yeah. like for a, a little side gag, a little reference of mm. just really makes the world real. Yeah, mm. it does a great job. Uh, Clint Eastwood was actually asked for permission about his name being used in the films, and he consented and was uh, tickled by the homage. Oh, uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, good old Clint. I wonder if K 
Calvin Klein was asked. Uh, I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson, who played uh, Mad Dog Tannen, performed all his own horse riding stunts. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, he also did the trick where he lassoes Marty. Mm. Um, from his his answer card that Jason was talking about in the first uh, yeah. episode, that's one of the things that he skipped over uh, to not oh, spoil it for yeah, you. Was yeah. he the biggest thrill was doing the third one because he got to do a cowboy film. Ah, uh, okay. Which is why he was, you know, he when he said, yeah, it's kind of a big deal for a kid from Philadelphia. So you know, yeah. it was great. But yeah, he did all his own stuff. Yeah. Well, can I just say the horse riding and all of that was. Like, it was cool watching. It felt like a real cool action movie. Like, yeah. they did a really good job of yeah. of blending, like, time travel, sci-fi of, like, the future and, like, sort of the Western. Yeah. And I think that's why the Western holds up a bit more than the future one because mm. the Western, you can look mm. back in time. Yeah. While the future, picking 2015 seems so far away, but yeah, it ages because like the internet isn't there and uh, yeah. yeah yeah and i think that's fair there's also an agreed film language of what a western looks like yeah mm. whereas if you're trying to decide what something that nobody knows what it looks like that's 30 years in the future you, you you're in a tricky position yeah i mean they got a few things right we discussed last week yeah flat screen tvs did. vrs and the drone walking the dog <laughs> yeah maybe not the drone actually walking the dog but the drone was pretty much yeah. bang on yeah uh, according to the book Billy Gibbons Rock and Roll Gearhead, uh, ZZ Top were hanging around the set and um, were asked to be the town band. Um, during one take, the camera broke. So while they were waiting for the camera to be repaired, Michael J. Fox asked they could play Hey Good Looking, which they did. Afterwards, more requests were played. <laughs> Two hours later, someone inquired if the camera had been repaired. Robert Zemeckis replied that it had been fixed for quite a while, but he didn't <laughs> want to stop because everyone was having such a good time. Oh, that's lovely. That's <laughs> So yeah, they had a they had a lovely um, yeah they had a lovely time with ZZ Top. So yeah, yeah. when uh, Mad Dog tries to lynch Marty, Michael J. Fox was accidentally hanged and was rendered <gasps> unconscious for a short time uh, in that sequence. Did they put that in the shot? I'm not sure. It's talked about in his autobiography, oh. but yeah, he they did actually briefly accidentally kind of <gasps> hang him. So yeah, <laughs> oops. Oops, Safety, everybody. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, there you go. Um, actor and former President Ronald Reagan was originally approached to play the part of the mayor uh, because of his fondness for the first film. Oh, yeah. uh, he reluctantly turned down the role. Um, mm. So, yeah, but that, you know, that could have been quite interesting, particularly as he appears in the second film as the yeah. one of the caricatures in the, in the cafe 80s. Yeah, that could have been... That could have been really interesting. Mm. Mm. Thre- wasn't he president at that time? No, he'd... Because um, this would have been film... Oh, he... No, he finished in 88. He was president. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He was president from 1980 to 1988. Because mm. that's... Yeah, start of 88 was when the first George Bush became president. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would have been kicking around with a bit of free time, but he yeah. just ended up not being in it. Um, not a big loss. He wasn't super great. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, look... Last week's podcast, I had to edit out some stuff about the current American president. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just a bit touchy about things about presidents. No, no, no. it's more just, of a libel thing. He, no, <laughs> he, he was a, he was a good actor. Mm. He was a very average slash terrible president that allowed thousands and thousands of people to die. But yeah, no, but he was a good actor in westerns, I suppose, in old films. So. Yeah. I, I'm just hoping next week nobody talks about an American president. I mean, you I'm can't really you can't libel the dead, so this is, this won't is, get edited. He is dead, and it is a well known fact. 
there's tons of books on it's, it's more specific on the um, on AIDS in America and stuff like that. Okay. So it's very okay. serious. Anyway, that's totally not what Back to the Future's about. <laughs> Let's hear. Michael J. Fox compared the filming of all three movies to being back at school because he was always learning something new for the films. Mm. During the course of filming the trilogy, he learned how to play the guitar, how to ride a horse, and how to shoot a gun. Oh, wow. wow. Those are such cool things to learn. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the three old timers in the saloon, which we spoke about mm. as being, uh, mm-hmm. they appeared in hundreds of westerns and TV shows. Uh, the actors were Dub Taylor, Pat Butterham, and Harry Carey. So, oh, sorry, Harry Carey Jr. So, uh, yeah, mm. One, wonderful characters. Mm. Um, Doc Brown states his German ancestor's surname was uh, von Braun. This is a reference to Werner von Braun, one of Germany's leading rocket scientists who was taken to America following World War II and greatly assisted in the NASA program. Mm. Their detail just amazes me. Mm. In some shots for the scene where Marty is dragged by the horse, Michael J. Fox was actually being dragged by the uh, Benny the Cab go-kart from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) That's great. Mm. I love that. It's a Zemeckis film and he just finished Roger Rabbit, Mm. so they still have the go-kart. That's great. (laughs) Hey, McFly! (laughs) You want me to chase after him? (laughs) Oh, I want to watch Who Roger Rabbit now. That's a good movie. Mm. And that held, that's held up. Mm. Yeah. He makes good movies. Sorry. No, no, it, he yeah. does. He does. Mm. Uh, Polar Express, another train film. Yeah, that was good. Yes. Um, when Doc blows the train whistle, he exclaims, I've wanted to do that my entire life. This is also said by the boy in the Polar Express when he pulls the train whistle. Oh. So he uses the same line. That's cool. Yeah. And finally... Michael Winslow from the Police Academy films performs the sound effects of Michael J. Fox's feet in the breakdancing sequence. So when he's doing the thing and it's making those scuff noises, it obviously didn't sound authentic enough. So they got in Michael Winslow to go, can you just make that noise? Because you can make any noise. And he goes, sure. And there you have it. So can I just say, I love the fact that like whispering, it's so light enough that just, just in case, because they might not have had the rights, but Michael J. Fox just go, Billy G. <laughs> like he's just whispering it as he's moonwalking it's like the best um, like little details you know yeah so that brings us to the end of this episode and indeed the trilogy as a whole mm-hmm. which means that all we have left is to score the film mm. Claire we'll start just with the film okay so this is okay. just back to the future 3 as its own film your first time seeing it what score would you give it out of 10 now, I know that we said last time that we had to give it a nine because that we you have wanted to do eight, eight nine, nine, ten. ten. Yeah. But I actually want to give it a nine because it was really good, but not the best. Okay. No, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. So it's a nine out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I'd say like it's a, it's a good eight. Like it's, uh, it's a good solid family film and I think it holds up really well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I... I really like this one. It's the mm. one that, before we started watching this film, was the film I always thought of when I thought of the Back to the Future trilogy. Yeah. Um, mm. It's it's interesting, though, because there's not a huge amount of time travel in this film because it's more no, about yeah. getting the time machine into a situation where you have to make it work again using, uh, you know, everything stripped back. You're in the Old West. You've got to work it out. It's a very much more straightforward film than the other two. Mm. Um, it's really enjoyable, though, and... I'm probably going to have to give it... It's it's just not quite a 10 out of 10. Mm. It's close. I'm going to give it nine and a half dramatic piano leans uh, <laughs> out of 10 because it's it's just a really enjoyable film. 
And mm. uh, the trilogy as a whole, Claire, um, because you've managed to watch the whole trilogy. Yeah. We've never tried scoring a trilogy, I guess. Mm. And I don't know how often we're going to do trilogies, but I, I suppose maybe it doesn't need a score, but I, I guess just your your overall thoughts on the Back to the Trilogy, uh, the Back to the Future trilogy mm-hmm. uh, from your first time watching it. Um, it's pretty much like like Kate said before, like it, it just works so well as a trilogy. Like it just, it follows through and it feels like it's one big movie broken into three, but broken really well. Mm. And like, you don't find that with a lot of like trilogies trilogies or even like movies that have more than one. Mm. They never seem to break them really well. And there always seems to be these like holes, but this doesn't have those holes. Mm. And so like as a trilogy, it's, it's really good. Mm. No, I I have to agree. It's been absolutely lovely getting to, to go back and watch these Mm. films. Uh, so Kate thank you very much for coming on this episode thank you for having me and Claire thank you very much for being on these last three episodes thank you for having me no it's been my (laughs) it's been my pleasure it's been absolutely lovely and to those of you listening at home thank you very much for joining us as well we hope you've enjoyed this uh, trip down back to the future lane with us Uh, a very big thank you first of all to our Patreons Uh, if you wish to become a Patreon you can find us at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast those wonderful people suggested back to the future as one of the potential trilogies good suggestion patreons yes yes thank you very much you made kate very happy uh yes you did and (laughs) and thank you very much to all of you who voted for it on our facebook poll because um ultimately that's what got it over the line just ahead of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I don't think I would have ever forgiven you if you'd made us watch them instead. No, what was the other option? What was uh, Star Actually, Wars? Actually, w- one of the other options was the Clint Eastwood uh, Dollars trilogy. That was the one So <laughs> that was the one I actually voted for because mm. it doesn't get a lot of love, that sort of, yeah. those three trilogies. Well, in, in a way, we kind of got we it. We kind of got it. We At the end, we really got our Clint Eastwood, yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, but yes, uh, thank you very much to everyone who voted on there. If you would like to find us on Facebook, just search for the Cinema Catcher club there like us and yeah you'll get updates about what's going on in this particular portion of podcast land and uh, to subscribe just find us on itunes soundcloud or any other podcasting or podcatching service just search for the cinema catch-up club but that's all for this week so until next time Jason, what are you doing here? I'm back. I'm back from the future. Uh, what? What's going on? I've just, I've just. There's got no to... time to explain. Quick, get in. Uh, get in. Well, why do I have to get into your DeLorean? There's no time to explain. It's, it's about your podcast. It's my podcast. Yes, we've got to do something about it. We've got to go back to, back to the future. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.